This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 146, submission 1904, Married for Life. Married for Life aired on ITV in the UK from March 5th of 1996 to April 16th of 1996 for seven episodes. So earlier this week, we talked about Coupling, which was a show that NBC imported from the UK. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about the reverse. We're going to talk about a show that the US exported to uh, the UK. It's called Married for Life, but you know it better as a British version of a little sitcom we have here in the States called Married with Children. And this sort of proves kind of sort of like coupling that it got lost in translation. What, what, what works in the United States doesn't necessarily work overseas and vice versa. And this isn't like the first time we've seen this where this big show comes from another country to the U.S. or vice versa. And it absolutely flops. Nope. And in this series... Uh, it was pretty much almost a carbon copy of the American show. We'll talk about why in a moment. You probably know why if you heard the coupling episode. So the Bundys here, they were named the Butlers. Okay, kind of sort of the same. The head of the Butler family was Ted. Pretty much the... the, Now, I, I heard there was an actual joke that they wanted to name Al Bundy Ted Bundy when the show was being pitched. Oh, Jesus. That might have been where it came from. Potentially. Uh, Yeah, but uh, Ted Bundy, that would have been right around the time he was executed, so he's probably fresh in people's minds. That's a little creepy. Just a bit, yeah. And then uh, Peggy Bundy, was renamed Pam Butler and Kelly Bundy was renamed Nikki Butler and Bud Bundy was Lee Butler. And we had the Roses in this case, but they were named the Hollingsworths. But they kept the name Steve and Marcy. They did. Well, they they kept one of them. Uh, Steve was kept, but Marcy was renamed Judy. Okay. Yeah. So everybody knows the American humor that Married with Children brings to the table. And I could definitely see why it wouldn't work in a British setting. It did have popularity overseas. I believe Germany really enjoyed Married with Children for one reason or another. Maybe it also didn't help that Fox 
to end the sixth season did a three-part British episode, which played upon British stereotypes and didn't make them look too good. I don't know. But hey, I like that three-parter. Now, now, you see, I hated that three-parter. So uh, your mileage may vary on that. It, it had its moments, but it, it sort of dragged. A three-part episode is, is very long. That. I love when out says, when you played high school football. That was great. When he was yeah. beating that night. Yeah. So we got a total of seven episodes and very much like coupling, at least the first, I believe, three uh, of the four episodes that aired, the scripts were recycled from U.S. episodes of Married with Children. No, I got I to gotta correct you there. They were all recycled from Married with Children. Well, that's what I was implying. It wasn't, I wasn't implying that there were three recycled episodes. They were all recycled in the same vein as the th- three of the four episodes of, of Cup. Oh, my mistake. I, I misheard. It's okay. And we should actually tell you who played who on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ Abbott played Ted. These yeah, might bro- be a lot of names that you've never heard of. So I'm just going to uh, skim by them very quickly. Uh, well, I, I can tell you right now, he was on the Sarah Jane Adventures as Martin Truman, Greg. Oh, yeah. Another Doctor Who reference. And then Pam was played by Susan Kidd. And she doesn't even have a Wikipedia article. So that no, but she, d- she does she have was. an I. Okay, she does have an IMDb. And she played on an episode of Genie in the House, whatever that is. And maybe maybe it's the British version of Corey in the house. <laughs> and of course, oh, and speaking of things that are quintessentially British, she was also on several episodes of The Bill and Red Dwarf. No, wait, the British version of Corey in the house would be Corey in 10 Downing Street. Jeez! <laughs> yep! That's it. Oh, Greg just won the night. Okay. Greg just um, won the night. I, I, I have to follow that. Okay, I'll try. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Blakely uh, portrayed Nikki Butler, and really, this is the only show of consequence that uh, she had been on. She, that is she, correct. Yeah, she pretty much made a couple of spot appearances as a guest on some other shows, but this is her only recurring gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugh Bonneville played Steve Hollingsworth. And again, if you don't know who Hugh Bonneville is, what podcast are you even listening to? This is, I mean, this is probably one of the roles that he would like to forget in retrospect. I mean, it's no Lord Grantham from Downton Abbey, but yeah. And then playing Lee Butler, the uh, youngest Butler member, is Peter England. Yep, and this is the only uh, show of consequence. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. He actually plays uh, one of the teachers on Teachers, which was another show that NBC brought over from the UK. Interestingly enough, with Sarah Alexander on it, because she was the original coupling. And then uh, Judy Hollingsworth... Uh, was played by Julie Dawn Cole. Now, 
you may not recognize her name, but if you are a kid of a certain age, you will recognize her face, and moreover, you will recognize this. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. Here we go again. All right, sweetheart, all right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. No, I want one of those. Bunker, how much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? The man with a funny hat. I want one. I want a golden goose. In other words, she was Veruca Salt in the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, not the original, the only one, because the other ones were called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. But right. yeah, she, well, she, is an, she is in an iconic movie, playing a very the, key role. By the way, fun fact, this is not going to be the last time this year we'll bring up someone who was in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm not going to spoil it, but it'll be sometime in May. So there's your main characters making up the Bundys and Roses or, or, or Butlers and Hollingsworths, as it were. The episodes, as I said, the, the seven episodes uh, in this series, they were all recycled scripts from Married with Children. Yep. And there's really no rhyme or reason. It wasn't that they took like the first seven scripts. Because remember, at this point... Uh, it, it premiered in March of 1996. That's nine full years after the show Married with Children debuted in the United States. Yep. It was one of the first foreign versions to be officially uh, made of the show because this show was produced by what is now Sony Pictures Television Studios, who own Married with Children. Yes, they do. And most of these episodes, uh, the seven episodes, are from the first two or three seasons of Married with Children. So, yeah, they would have been written in the, the late 80s, and now they're being rehashed in the early 90s, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for, for various reasons. Obviously, you know, if there's something in the script that's now sort of um, passe, if it's sort of archaic, yeah. I th think about if, you know, going back to Greg Zoon, who uses a Zoom anymore? Besides Greg, obviously. Besides Greg, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've had like two downloads from a Zoom, and they're both Greg. Good. There are people on Reddit who are very dedicated to the Zoom. And how many are not called Bill Gates? About a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> About a dozen. <laughs> Anywho... I'll tell um, you, I'm going to say this. The Zoom HD was ahead of its time. Sure it was, Greg. No, I'm not joking. It really was. Whatever makes you fall asleep at night. Well, everybody's entitled to their wrong opinion. Anyhow, episode one was For Whom the Bell Tolls. When Ted receives a high phone bill, Pam and the kids swear they didn't do it. Ted complains to the phone company and they promptly turn off his phone which spells disaster. Again, pretty much the same as the uh, same episode name in the United States, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh, th there's a big issue regarding, it wasn't even that big of a phone bill in retrospect. It was like $100, and Al Bundy tries fighting the phone company and ends up disconnected. And th there's a lot of parallels and similarities 
to the original episode. And that was actually episode number 20 of Married with Children. So that would have been early second season. Episode two, if I were a rich man, again, same title as in the United States. They're almost pretty much all the same title with one or two minor differences for UK verbiage. Uh, If I were a rich man, when the bank loses a large amount of money, everyone blames Ted. He denies his guilt, but points out that if he did have the money, he wouldn't share it with those who had been mean to him. Soon, everybody is treating Ted like a king. And that would have actually been a very early second season episode, uh, the 16th. So that probably would have been episode three of season two. Oh, and I should say that the writing credits are pretty much for the same people who did them for Married with Children. So you see very familiar names if you're a Married with Children fan. Sandy Sprung, Marcy Vosberg, Richard Gurman, Kathy Green. They're all credited uh, for writing these episodes. Uh, Episode three, 16 years and what do you get? Again, same name for Married with Children. Uh, Pam and Ted plan a big celebration for their 16th anniversary. Although they say no to gifts, Ted plans to buy Pam a watch. When the kids tell Pam this, she buys him an expensive gift. Unfortunately, when Ted goes to the jewelry store, his credit card is denied. And that's a season one episode. That's actually episode six. And pretty much it's the exact same thing. It's Al and Peg's 16th anniversary. He wants to get her a watch. Uh, they sort of agree to no gifts or no big gifts. Uh, he tries surprising her with this watch. His credit card gets denied. And then somebody else snatches up the watch immediately right in front of Al's face. And actually the person who played the person who snatched that watch in front of Al's face, Les Nesman. Richard Sanders. Yeah. What? Yeah. Again, that's like what? Five years, six years after uh, WKRP uh, went off the air? Yeah. Hmm. So again, many, many parallels here to the U.S. show. Uh, Episode four is Where's the Boss? Again, same name as uh, the U.S. version. When Ted hears his boss has been killed in a plane crash, he's upset that he never met the man. When he finds out that his boss survived, he decides to quit his job if the man won't come meet his employees. The boss doesn't appear, so Ted stays home with Pam and watches daytime TV. This is a little bit different than the U.S. version. How so? Well, the boss supposedly was killed in the plane crash. uh, And actually, uh, there is a a situation similar to where he says he's going to quit the job if uh, the man won't uh, come meet his employees. But instead of just staying at home watching TV... Al actually hires one of his friends to play the boss, who in the U.S. version was, if you remember, Gary. We've, we talked about this in the, I believe, one season too long episode uh, where we talked about married with children, that Gary was actually played by a female in later years. But the original Gary character played by one of Al's friends is male in this case. Yeah. And so the, the the friend gets a little hush money, a little thank you money from Alf for portraying Gary in this uh, situation. But th- that's like the only difference uh, between the two episodes. And I should mention that uh, where's the boss was episode 12. So that would have been second to last episode of season one. 
And then we get to another episode, same title in the United States, but actually has, I think, more relevance in the UK, especially when you hear it. Whose room is it anyway? <laughs> because <laughs> whose line is still a thing over there at this moment. Yeah, time. quote quoting my, my good friend Chico, is this a thing? Yes, it is a thing. While Ted scolds his family for their endless useless spending, the Hollingsworth receive a tax refund and decide to build an extra room under their house. Unfortunately, they'll need Ted's okay to continue the project. That's pretty much the same as the U.S. episode. It gets more into arguing about what type of room it's going to be. You have Marcy saying, I'd like to have this type of room. Uh, I believe it was like a sunroom of some sort. And then you had Steve saying, I want to make it a, a game room, a pool room. And you had... Peggy siding with Marcy for her reasons. And you had Al siding with Steve for their reasons. And ultimately it was made into some sort of different room, but it pretty much follows the same script. Uh, And that was actually episode four in the United States, season one, episode four. So it was actually the earliest episode of any that was done for married for life. We do have a slight change in the title of this next episode more for UK verbiage. My mum the mum, which would have been my mom the mom over here. Mm-hmm. When Lee loses his new jacket, Ted decides to teach him the value of money by making him work at the shoe store. Elsewhere, Nikki volunteers Pam to cook for career day at her school, and Pam gives the class advice on being a stay-at-home mom. Or mum, I should say. This is a little different because in the U.S. episode, Bud gets just scolded for losing his jacket and not taking pride in his possessions because this is like the second or third jacket he's lost in a month. But everything else is pretty much the same. You have Kelly uh, inviting Peggy to come to school for career day, talking about her job, quote unquote, as a housewife, sitting all day, eating bonbons, smoking, watching Oprah and she was a hit with the students and this was actually episode 47 of married with children so this would be this would be late in season three I believe where we'd be talking the last half of season three it was episode 12 of season three we're near the halfway point in season three then and actually that's the latest episode uh, episode 47 because the last episode Episode seven was actually the previous episode in the U.S., episode 46, called Eaten Out. After receiving a small inheritance, the family decides to spend the money on a fancy meal. Unfortunately, after eating, Ted realizes he left his wallet at home. More or less the same in the U.S., except instead of a small inheritance, it was a tax refund. And they decided to spend their 230 some dollar tax refund going to a fancy steakhouse. And the Bundys in a fancy steakhouse don't necessarily mix. No. Given some of their behaviors, given their crudeness, given their rudeness, it, it doesn't turn out too well. And uh, th- this sounds like a very similar situation. Uh, this episode isn't online. I would be curious if it ever was to see how this is resolved because I think this might be a little too crass for the UK, possibly. 
the way that Al gets out of it is he threatens the staff, holding them at hostage, not with a weapon per se. He takes off his one of his socks. And remember, Al has like the stinkiest feet in the world. And he just, yeah, and he just places the sock right at the entrance of the restaurant so nobody can get out. Supposedly his feet are that bad. Doesn't say what Ted did to get out of this situation, but I couldn't really see Ted doing something that uncivilized, let's say. But yeah, it, it pretty much uh, messes up perfectly otherwise with uh, eaten out again, same episode title in the United States. So I just wonder if this sort of maybe like coupling in terms of good idea in theory, but totally wrong audience. Going back to the coupling episode, like every episode have had references to sex. And admittedly, the United States, at least in 2003, wasn't necessarily that open. It was still like the family hour. And in the United Kingdom... Uh, some stations show a lot of skin, and I mean a lot of skin. So I just wonder if, yeah, I just wonder if there's a, a a culture clash there, and we sort of have the same going here, but in terms of U.S. culture, the the anti Cosby show, as it were, and now you bring it over to the U.K. where they have a more sophisticated brand of comedy, at least in my opinion. I've, I've seen enough. UK comedy to know what interests them and 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 how this really doesn't sort of vibe in, into that that type of comedy. Yeah, I mean, what is the most famous comedic export from Britain? Probably The Office. I was thinking more like Monty Python. Okay, I, I mean, you, there's many ways to answer that question. You could say Sanford and Son. You could say All in the Family. Three's Company is a possible answer. Obviously, The Office. But I can see where you'd come with uh, the Monty Python. Yes. Yeah, and that just brought British humor to the world. By the way, Eric Idle does come up in a future installment. And also, one more thing that we should add there is an episode on YouTube, hooray, but one thing that I and Chico to a lesser extent noticed about the open besides it's not love and marriage, which is why you heard that during the open because I don't want to get sued by the estates of Sammy Khan and Frank Sinatra, thank you very much. But if you look at the Ted character, he does share a little bit of resemblance with Al Bundy. And I know Greg disagreed, but I saw a little in his face, in his mannerisms, in his look. He did have like that gruff, torn down look of Al Bundy, like I'm going to be working in this shoe store forever. Well, that's the thing about Russ Abbott, because Russ Abbott is just a household name in the UK. He He's had... A variety show. He's had a comedy show. He's had comic strips based on his characters. He's done recordings. He basically knows what the Al Bundy character is all about. Like I said, he had the look. He he really did. 
And again, maybe that type of comedy is, no pun intended, foreign to the United Kingdom. They're, they're not used to such potentially crass comedy. They're not... Uh, they're, they're not used they're, to being... It's like they like their humor subtle. This was more in your face. Yeah, and they also like a more intellectual type of comedy. Like yeah. a thinking man's comedy. Monty Python! It goes right back to there, yes. And actually, one more thing we should add is making an early appearance in his career uh, as a guest on one episode is Rob Bryden. Who? He's on a little show that uh, is coming over to uh, the States soon. Would I lie to you? Oh, that guy. Oh, that guy, yes. Plus, he's done more than that. He was on Gavin and Stacy, which was very popular back in the 2010s, early 2010s, and then it had a Christmas mm-hmm. special in 2019. They, they actually tried to bring Gavin and Stacy to the U.S. They, they it, did try. Uh, didn't work. No, what was well, that? Again, it's, it seems like a, a common thread. Uh, it's a, it was James Corden and somebody else. Yes. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. I remember oh, yeah. that. For, oh, yeah, that is James Gordon. Yeah. But so, yeah, uh, Rob Bryden uh, had a, a guest appearance. And, and really, that's the only guest of consequence that I can see on here. So, yeah, that sort of ends our look at Lost in Translation, if you will. We, we talked about one show from the U.S. that didn't work overseas. We talked about one show from overseas that didn't work in the U.S. And I'm sure we can easily find more episodes for future installments uh, in future years. I'm talking to you, Kath and Kim. I'm talking to you, Wilfred. You remember the one with the dog on FX? I remember the one with the talk on that. Oh, the one with Elijah Wood. Yeah, that, it was a lot better in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there, there's also other ones that we can talk about from the U.S. that got exported overseas. But I think for now, we're going to call it an episode. Chico? Uh, married for life. Married with children. Had 250 really good to adequate episodes if you were to ask Mike. Good to adequate episodes. 250 of them. You know what you have when you only have seven episodes? You have a thing on TV. And Chico's not wrong. Married with Children had 259 episodes. I would say legitimately 250 of them are good. They had nine stinkers in there. Like I said, they were good to adequate. Yeah, 250 of them. And then there's nine stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear about more stinkers besides those nine episodes, which I think I, I covered all nine of them in the uh, one season too long episode regarding Married with Children, go to our website, www.itwasathingontv.com. We're nearing 150 episodes. We're two weeks away from episode 150. Oh, and yep. episode 150 is going to be a very star-studded episode. And, and actually, episode 150 is going to be the start of our second pilot month. Oh, yes. Woo-hoo! So we'll be talking about a lot of not-so-good shows or maybe good shows that got passed by. 
throughout the month of April and even into the first part of May. Yes. And then also don't forget we have live shows. We have our mini-sodes. We have some director's cut episodes up. We got a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. And, and as always, don't forget, we're on the socials just about everywhere of importance at It Was a Thing on TV. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And, of course, uh, if you liked the podcast in an audio format that doesn't require a podcast player, we're on YouTube. Just remember, like, subscribe, rate and review, ring our bell uh, to get updated constantly with uh, regarding new material. Until next week. Oh, oh next week boy. is a thematic week. This is a Greg week. We're just going to get that out of the way. Yeah. Oh, it's a thematic week, but I think you're going to like the theme. Yeah. Next week. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment is presenting the 37th annual edition of a pay-per-view event called... Hold on, let me see if I can get the name right. <laughs> WrestleMania? Have you ever heard of this? Never heard of it. I- I've heard of WrestleMania. I don't know what this WrestleMania is. Oh, WrestleMania? Yeah. So next week... We will have Does Russell know about the WrestleMania? Does Russell know about this? Oh, WrestleMania. Ha ha ha. <laughs> is that a is that a media event dedicated to Russell Johnson from Gilgan's Island? <laughs> so our first edition is actually sort of related to something we covered in Pilot Month last year. Oh? Kind of, sort of. Let's just say it involves a certain individual who goes from life to life hoping that each leap will be the leap home. Oh, I see how that ties into last pilot month. Okay. Okay, yep. I got it. I got it. And, And then the other entry, let's just say bigger is not always better. But it was what the world was coming to. Get it? <laughs> I yeah. got it. And you'll find out more about that next week, right here. And it was a thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Wow! But how about this? Sex in exchange for crisps. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> what the hell? This will last longer than the sex. <laughs> Chuck Tit. <laughs>